The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome everybody to The Right Fit, the show where we pull back the curtain on the interview and hiring process. I'm very excited about our guest today, Michelle Young from B. Young Communications, former uh, sports information director, and just uh, a, a long career in communications, in athletics, on college campuses, and now as a consultant. Um, so we work closely with Michelle. She does a lot of work for us behind the scenes uh, with Rising Coaches. So we're excited to have her on here. She's prepared an unbelievable presentation on the interview process. Um, so Michelle, thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks, I appreciate it. My background, I'll just give you my, my 22nd little deal. I went to Illinois State. I worked in sports information there, thought, well, oh, that's really kind of a cool job. I get to work with sports all the time. That might be something I want to go in because I'm good at writing, good at talking. So that might be something that I want to go into, like you all probably did when you decided to be coaches. So I worked at the Big Ten conference for a year and a half, learned a lot from Jim Delaney. Um, he was a huge reference for me. I went to University of South Carolina. I worked there for 15 years. And then after that, I went to Santa Clara University and was the sports information director there for seven and a half years. I worked with men's basketball for, wow, I think probably almost 15 years. And the head coaches I worked with were Dave Odom and Kerry Keating. So my background is a lot of PR and communications and uh, social media, lots of different things. I've done a lot of media training, traveled literally around the world, um, promoting the athletes and teams that I've worked with. So today we're going to talk about the interview and we're going to break it up into different um, parts. We're going to talk at first about um, how to get ready for that interview, how to be ready to be ready to interview. Then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the pre-stuff for the interview when you've got it. We're going to talk a little bit about interview game day. And then that's only going to take a few minutes because the, the, the last part of the presentation or the, the bulk of the presentation, I consulted with a number of head coaches, assistant coaches, administrators, athletic directors to talk to them to find out what do they love about a candidate? What do they hate that a candidate does? And what are some questions that um, they like to ask a candidate? Because one of the really important things when you go on a job interview is to ask questions. When they say, do you have any questions at the end? And you're like, nope, can't think of anything. They're like, oh, okay, this person's a dud. So, um, feel free to jump in when we're talking through things and um, we'll go from there. So at first we want to, and, and I'll just tell you this right now, this is being recorded. So you don't feel like you have to take tons of notes. And also after Adam and I talked this morning, we had a little pre-call before the call. Um, I decided that I could take the outline that I put together and break it into five different blogs. So I've done that already. So everything I'm telling you today, except for the ad lib stuff and my humor, um, that stuff's probably not going to be in the blog, but there's five different blogs. They're going to post them on the rising coaches platform. 
and you'll be able to go back and look at those and be able to add to them if you want to by going on social media. So the first thing that you're in your current job right now, um, what I would recommend, and I'm gonna go through these kind of quick, you're in your current job, get to know your sports information person, whether you're at a high school, a college, at the pro level, wherever you are, get to know your sports information person, your compliance person, your academics person, your trainer, your sport administrator, get to know those people, go to lunch with them, ask them about them. Don't just sit there and say, well, I did this to let them know, like, this is going to be all about you. I want to learn more about you. I want to learn more about what you do. Go to the staff and ask them, what books are you reading? Ask your AD, what books are you reading? And talk to them about it. Your social media, huge part. I mean, we've all seen numerous professional athletes and even the bachelorette recently. If you were in high school and college and wrote some dumb stuff on your Twitter or dumb stuff on your Instagram, posted some dumb pictures, consider now that you're a professional, putting up a professional picture, professional email address, and maybe even consider deleting that social media platform and creating a new professional one. Reach out to all those people in your network and add them. It won't take you long. If you've got 300 people, you'll have 300 people back there again soon. Um, think before you press send. Update your LinkedIn. Practice makes perfect. If you're in a college and you have a sports information director, go to that sports information director and talk to him about, can you do some media training with me? Can you point me in the right direction for media training? So I'm ready to answer questions. So I'm ready to talk like a coach. Um, volunteer to do something in return for them. I'll bring you some stats. SIDs are always looking for game notes. They're always looking for somebody to say, did you know that Jimmy can do this? you know, during the dark, you know, shoot threes, whatever, always be looking, they're always looking for that. Um, when I was at Santa Clara, I would bring around either a flip cam or my phone. And at the away games, we would shoot three keys to the game. And we put that on our social media. All, all three of those assistants, two of them are head coaches, one at App State and one at San Diego, and the others at Stanford. All three of them have said numerous times, Wow, I'm really glad we did those three keys to the game because it really got me used to talking in front of a camera to media, coming up with different things, being prepared, being kind of on point to take questions. Build your network. I've written a lot about building your network on the um, Rising Coaches website. You can go back to January and look at that. I know Caleb, Caleb has really taken that to heart. Um, one of the things he told me recently in a text is build your network will help you build your net worth. So there's a lot of different things you can do with that. Develop a Google Sheet that, that tells you who's what on the Google Sheet, um, how you know them, put their phone number, their email, reach out to them. We won't even go into that because there's already been some stuff written about that. And we can talk about that later. When you're competing, if you're new to the league, go and introduce yourself to the assistant coaches. Find the sport administrator at that school when you're at another school. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the SID, maybe the trainer. Ask a question. Don't be creepy about it. And if they look really busy, don't be a pest, but just let yourself be known. If they say something to you that you thought was really cool, write a note. I'm huge on writing notes and you're gonna find out all the people that things that they love, they love getting handwritten notes. I save all those handwritten notes I get because I know those people are gonna be successful someday and I wanna make sure that I've got, I can prove that. So before you get ready for the interview, so you found out you're, you're gonna be interviewed. Go pull out your Google Doc, look at your Google Doc and say, okay, um, Billy knows Tommy on that staff or somebody in that league and they can help me. Or Mary used to work for such and such. She told me when I talked to her, 
pull that out, call them up and pick their brain about that person, about that school, about that job. Don't ask anybody to call yet. That's one of the things coaches hate and administrators hate is before you've even gone to the interview to start getting like multiple phone calls from people. Hey, yeah, go ahead and, you know, Adam's a great guy. You know, oh gosh, what if they get 10 of those a day? Let somebody else do that. After you've interviewed, it's okay to do that. Two or three people, let them call. That's a great idea. I've gotten jobs by asking one person to make one phone call and it opened the door. I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, practice before you go to the interview. Um, have somebody ask you questions. Prepare a list of questions throughout your career that you think you'll be asked and that you want to ask so you're ready. Recently, I interviewed for something and then my husband interviewed me and he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Let me just say this stuff out loud so I can hear, does this make sense to me? Um, and then keep that list with you during the interview, things to remember. This sounds really old fashioned, but dress professional. Men, clean shaven if you can be, if you're not and you wear a beard, no problem. Just make sure it's cleaned up. Nice haircut, women, don't have crazy stuff in your hair, don't have a lot of jewelry, a lot of makeup, wear crazy trendy clothes, wear conservative looking clothes, because for the most part, you're probably gonna be interviewing people that are older than you and are gonna be like, okay, you know, what does this person have going on? Look sharp, stand up straight, look people in the eye, shake their hand if it's in person, couple things to remember. And I was telling Adam this today and he was like, oh, that was pretty good. Um, mention something your parents told you. My dad always used to tell me that when I was younger, when I interviewed and I'm like, don't think I'm stupid if I bring you up. And he's like, no, no, let them know because then they'll know that you respect your elders. So mention something a coaching mentor has told you. Um, mention a book you've read, but make sure you've read it because if you start talking about the growth mindset book and you haven't picked that book up before and that coach has read that, you're gonna feel kind of stupid when they start asking you questions and you don't have an answer. Um, be prepared, have questions. If you're in person, shake their hand. If it's on Zoom, we've gone over all this as well. Quiet down the room, check your mic, close all your pop-up windows, wear headphones, smile. Um, within five hours after the interview, five hours, send the person that you're interviewing with a handwritten note to say thank you. Send emails to everybody else you eat, including that person, so they know quickly that you want to get with them. Send them an, a quick email, something that happened in the interview. Ask someone to spell check it for you. You don't want to send something that makes you look stupid because you've got misspellings or punctuation incorrect. Um, then you, you wait and find out. Don't hassle them, don't text them, don't call them to find out, you know, have you made a decision? What are you doing? Whatever. If you find out you didn't get the job, it's okay. Yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. But send them, send that interviewer a handwritten note, again, a second one, and say, thank you very much for the opportunity. I'm really excited for your hire and I hope that we can keep in touch. I'm gonna reach out to you on LinkedIn or Rising Coaches or however you, you know, I'm gonna follow you on Twitter, whatever you wanna do. You never know when that job's gonna open again. And you never know when there's gonna be another job that opens that you could call that coach and say, I'm gonna interview and they say, I got you, man. That's my guy, I'll call my guy. Or I got you, I will call her, she's fantastic. So those are some different tips for getting ready for the interview. Do you guys have any questions or any feedback on those things that you, you know, that you think 
are positives, negatives, you agree, disagree? You're all good. Okay, perfect. All right. Kind of feel like your mom talking to you about this stuff, but my mom talked to me about this stuff and a lot of this is a lot of other people. So in the last few days, I've reached out to, like I said earlier, a number of administrators, coaches, head coaches, um, people that worked with professional athletes, um, a CFO of a company that's involved with um, high level college football and ask them things that people love about candidates and things they love that they do. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about those. And then if you guys have some questions or some comments, feel free to talk about things that, that you know people love or that you love when you deal with people. And I'm not gonna to talk too much on the love part because I really wanted to get into the hate part because that's the part that could lose you a job, quite honestly. So love, they love when you know about the campus. They can tell if you've spent 30 minutes or an hour looking at their website, Googling the town and knowing, oh, there's a big festival here that weekend. Or um, we're doing, we had a Rhodes Scholar last month or just something simple. They love that they know that. They love when you come in and talk like you're already working there, not like you're working at your next job. So you definitely want to let them know this is where I wanna be. They love when you talk about academics truthfully. It'd be great if everybody graduated their kids in three to four years with 4.0, that'd be great, but that's not realistic. So you need to make sure they understand that you are definitely um, into supporting kids that will struggle. They love when you have a relentless pursuit of self-improvement. When you've studied the X's and O's, not just on the basketball court, but with strength and conditioning and recruiting and campus. They love when you aren't overbearing. They want you to be yourself. They want you to be sincere in your interviews. Um, they love old school vibes like respect and discipline. They love um, when you talk about team building and connecting with your team and how much you like your team. Um, they love when you're problem solvers and when you talk about fundraising. So they also love a handwritten note after an interview. I know it feels like a broken record, but they do love that. It makes them feel like they cared. Um, they love when you show up dressed professionally and like that you respect the process. So those are some of the things that they love when they've interviewed candidates. Do those all make sense to you guys? Do you agree with those? What, what, do, you, what do you think? Somebody has to say something sooner or later. I'll go. Um, okay. Haley King, Coastal Carolina Women's Basketball. Uh, awesome. Um, so, I mean, I interview managers all the time for us. And I will tell you that, you know, the people that come in actually dressed and want the position are better to get the position than not, um, just because they're ready to work and they know what it takes. So I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's, that's really true. I, I know when I interviewed for my first position at Illinois State to go volunteer at their sports information, I wore a really nice top and a jacket and a skirt and pantyhose and heels and, and nice jewelry. And like later they made fun of me, but they hired me. 
And when I've hired students, just like what you're saying, when students come in dressed like that, I'm like, oh Lord, you're not going to Wall Street. But I totally respect that they made the effort as opposed to somebody that just wears a pullover and jeans and looks like they just stepped out of class or maybe out of bed. So I agree with you there. Hey, Michelle, so, how do you, how do you um, like balance the fine line between talking about your accomplishments and some things that you've done that you have experience with versus like coming off as, you know, arrogant or a self-promoter? That's very awkward for a lot of people to talk about themselves. Talk about some examples and, and also talk about people that you respect, like at XYZ, where you are, I loved when coach, um, coach Gordon did this. This really had an impact on me and I could tell it had an impact on other people and here's why. You don't always have to say, I'm, I, I talked to a coach the other day that said that she was at Stanford at the time and she said, they asked him, why do you want this job? And he said, Stanford's great. And, or he said, Stanford's excellent and I'm excellent. And she was like, okay, yeah, you're not getting the job. <laughs> so come up with a reason why you wanna be at that school. Um, come up a, with a reason why that school needs you without sounding like, well, I'm, the, I'm just the greatest. I am so good at coaching um, free throws are so great. My offensive schemes are off the chart. I'm, I'm better than anybody. Me and Steve Kerr, we're like, we're the best. Um, so be sincere about the things you're good at but also let them know that you're growing and you're learning. So is that kind of where you were headed, Adam, with that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, so those are some different ways that um, you can have some, some impact without sounding like you're too boastful. And ask them about them. I mean, this is an interview for you to get to know them too. If you're just sitting there the whole time answering questions and never, you know, just, question, answer, question, answer. Feel free to get them involved in the conversation because that's how you're going to get to know somebody. You know, I noticed, I noticed when you guys played so-and-so, you guys ran, you guys played zone a lot in the second half. That really seemed to work for you. And you can talk a little bit about that, but you can also not just talk X's and O's. You can also talk to them about when we walked through the weight room, you guys had a lot of squat racks. Is that something that's really important for you guys? How are you guys using that? so that you'll learn from them too. And they'll see that you are coachable. They don't wanna hire somebody that's gonna come in and say, oh, squat racks, okay, you guys use that for that. And you guys do this and do this. You already have all the answers. They don't need somebody with all the answers. They want somebody that wants to come in and learn from them and can bring some, some upside to it as well. I think, so, uh, I think Brian had a question. Go ahead, oh, Brian. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Brian. I, th I think we have a mutual, Sam Scholl. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Went to school with yeah. him, so I'm, I'm 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 glad he's at the alma mater trying to do his yeah. thing. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was one of the coaches I talked about earlier with the flip camp. Sam never wanted to do that, but now that he's a head coach, he's like, "Whew, glad I did it." So yeah, yeah. Um, what about the fundraising? Like, what areas of the fundraising is it more of the cultivation and stewardship, or is it more about the actual dollars and ideas? No, I think it's it's the willingness to do it the willingness to say, you know, depending on your school, some schools aren't going to need you to do anything, but some schools there are going to need you to, to either host a fundraiser or be a part of a fundraiser or be part of giving day, just to be collaborative, to say, hey, you guys, 
you, you know, you guys need this banner over here for giving day, or you need our players here dressed in polos, have them there and, and make it important, make it a priority. Even as an assistant coach, you can go to the head coach and say, yeah, development's reached out and they need three of our guys for videos at three o'clock on Friday. Well, you know, it's in April. So you guys, okay, we'll just need to make sure practice is over and then make sure it happens. So it shows people in development, like I respect what you do and, and you hope to, you know, I always say give respect to get respect. So if you give respect to somebody, like we can be there for you guys, if you guys need help, doesn't mean you have to plan a campaign or do a whole bunch of different things. It just means to show them that you're serious about it. I always took that kind of stuff really serious because I knew it was important. They might be working on a million dollar gift and if you're at a school, men's and women's basketball is probably your top sport for the most part. I mean, that's what we like to think, don't we, as college basketball coaches, high school basketball coaches, professional coaches, we're the best sport in the country, in the world. So if we have that, then why shouldn't we let our athletes be a part of that? And that's really important. Santa Clara, we had, I know people probably get sick of hearing Brandon Rosenthal talk about Jared Brownridge, but oh my gosh, I mean, God should have made five or 10 more Jared Brown riches because he would do anything anybody asked him to do and be respectful about it. And that's one of those development pieces, be available and be helpful. So, so it doesn't mean go plan something and make a million dollars or go ask somebody for a million dollar donation. Sometimes it just means collaborate with people and work with them on things. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into the things that people hate. Because when I watch the Oscars, I'm always the one that's like, oh, I can't wait to see what dresses they didn't like. Um, that's what we're texting about back and forth in my girls group is who wore, oh, why did she wear that color? And we're going to talk about all the great dresses too, but we want to talk about the things that people hate too. So let's talk a little bit about what coaches and administrators do not like. Um, prior to even the job opening up, head coach told me that he hates when people send him good luck texts every single game. He knows what they're doing. And this is a quote from him. I know what they are doing. I am flattered, but they need to respect game day and not clutter my inbox. It shows poor emotional intelligence. So hitting somebody up once in a while and just saying, hey, good luck this week with XYZ, you know, hope you guys beat so-and-so, that's fine. But doing it every single time Men and women, head coaches, they can see through that. So unless it's your best friend, don't do it. Um, they hate cliches and candidates who over-communicate. Candidates who just talk, talk, talk. And you're like, do you have an off button? They hate that kind of a, a candidate. Somebody that gives long answers. Um, they hate when somebody comes in, and we're all guilty of this. I, I told Adam earlier that, Medical doctor, and when I was in PR working in healthcare, we used to joke medical doctor used to mean marketing degree because you'd go in with the doctor and they would know all the ways to market the place. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you just go do the surgery and let us mess with this part? Um, but people that come in that are know-it-alls about compliance and academic and training room and marketing and fundraising, you're the head coach of your program. Be the expert on that. Let the expert in compliance be the expert there and the expert in academics be their expert. Um, one of the uh, people that are rising up just like you guys told me he hates when people come in to interview and think that 
they owe this interviewee the job. Like, man, I'm here. Well, think about everything that went into the process to get the job open, to get the job funded, to get the job ready, to get everything done. Understand and appreciate the, um, the process, respect the process. Um, they hate the win at all cost attitudes. I heard that from a couple different people. Be a problem solver. I always say, um, be a problem solver, not a problem maker. Figure out how to solve problems. Yeah, you don't have an unlimited budget unless you're at Kentucky. And even Kentucky doesn't have an unlimited budget. So figure out how to do things and go through the proper protocol. Um, show them you're not there to just focus solely on the game. Let them know that, you know, at the university, games are going on from six to eight on Saturday nights. That's the big thing in town. What else is going on around the campus and how else can you be involved? This is has to do with um, college football, but the Gamecocks recently hired Shane Beamer, who is um, Frank Beamer's son. And he's been a, a number of different places, including at Oklahoma as the offensive coordinator. He's done a great job of getting out in the community as a head coach. He knows that his team has got a lot of work to do. He knows that they might get their lickings this year before they get better, but he wants to reach out to the community and let former players know that he's there. He goes to sporting events and, you know, goes to softball and goes to soccer and goes out to attract me. Not so people will come up and ask him for his autograph or talk to him about the team, but so that he can support the team. So same type of thing. These, these people that are interviewing hate when people are just all about basketball. Like that's all I can talk about. Um, they hate when they see that people are overusing social media. Uh, one person, she said that, you know, if you have time to tweet 15 times a day, how are you getting anything done where you work? And how am I going to get anything done? How, how are you going to do anything when you get here? Um, another person said that when people approach coaching, like they're selling a car. Now, what example could you give that? I mean, selling a car like a used car salesman, I guess, is how they approach coaching. Um, they hate when they bash where they've been. And that's something I think that we should talk a little bit about because say you're being interviewed for a job as an assistant coach or a head coach and that program before you stunk and everybody knows it. Maybe they had violations or they just didn't win or they didn't recruit well. If you come in and say, well, you know, Coach Jane or Coach Bill, when they were here, I don't know why they recruited that kid, you know, whatever, that's going to really put people, first of all, it's going to make that administrator or that person interviewing you feel defensive. Like they automatically have to jump on the defense about the recruiting or about, oh yeah, I know, well, it wasn't great. It's going to make them feel not great about where they are. So talking about what you can, your value add to the program is going to be a lot better than tearing down the staff that's already been there. And we've, we all know the programs, if you're interviewing for that job, that program has probably struggled unless somebody got promoted and went on to a better job. And there are some jobs like that out there. Um, they hate when you have too many people calling prior to the interview. Think if they're interviewing, they've reviewed how many resumes? I mean, how many resumes do you think a, a head coach would get for a good assistant job at a good school in college basketball? Do you think 100 would be a right number? 200, 20? 
imagine if half of those people had people calling, like had two of their guys call or two of their women call for them. So hundred people times two, 200 phone calls or texts that you haven't even talked to anybody yet. So hold off on doing that until after you interview. If you feel like you got a good vibe and you got a shot, then call out your big gun and get them to help you out. Um, I've gotten some jobs like that, like I said earlier, by, by waiting and then having the right person call. Um, they hate when people come in, especially as a head coach, and they only talk about hiring. You know, They ask, who do you want to hire on your staff? Who do you envision? And they talk about just hiring their, their boys. You know, I just want to hire, I want to hire my friends or people that are loyal to them. They want to see a balanced staff. They want to see some balance in those weaknesses. So those are some examples of things that people hate um, that interviewees do. Can you guys think of a couple things or do you have some things to add to that? Anybody? Well, I'll just add, you know, kind of. Um, some things that I've experienced when I've gone on interviews and we talked a little bit about this earlier, Michelle, but, you know, usually it's like an assistant coach or somebody, somebody that's not your direct, going to be your direct supervisor, picks you up, they show you around campus, and then they take you to the official interview. And that's, you know, that's where you're meeting with a group of people, the committee, and, you know, you put your tie on all that. And then when that's over, Maybe they take you to the hotel and then maybe that person picks you up for dinner later or drinks. But the whole thing is like an interview, right? Like it's not just that middle section where you're sitting down with people. Um, how do you know like when to be like, do you need to be on the whole time? Do you need to save something? I'll or give you a perfect example of something that happened to me. And this is as a sports information person. Perfect example. This And this goes to show you. The minute you leave, if you live in an apartment with other people, the minute you leave your bedroom, even if you're on a Zoom call or something, or you sit down for that Zoom call, you're on an interview. If you're going to an interview, the minute you leave your residence, whether it's a dorm, apartment, who cares? You're on the clock for that interview. The second you get home and close the door, you're off the clock. I flew from, I, I was invited to interview for the men's basketball SID job at University of Illinois when Lon Kruger was there. And um, which seems like so long ago, I know. But I, I got offered the job, took the job and then stayed at South Carolina. I was telling Adam earlier, Lon Kruger called me the day before I was supposed to leave and was like, we're so excited about having you here, Michelle. And I was like, oh, nobody's told him that. South Carolina really upped the ante and I'm going to stay here. Um, and he was really gracious and really nice about it. But anyway, as I was going to the interview, I was sitting in the airport in Pittsburgh, flipping through my portfolio, wanted to be able to give them something that they could look through of my work. And I noticed this woman was kind of looking at what I was doing, but I wasn't really paying attention. I dressed in a suit to fly there just in case somebody picked me up at the airport and I had to go straight to an interview. And um, this woman said, are you interviewing at University of Illinois? Cause we were waiting for a flight to go to Champaign. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm interviewing. And she said, for the men's basketball job? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I wish you were gonna be our SID. Your stuff is, you know, like really good. And it turns out it was the head coach, Teresa Gerntz, the for the women's basketball team at Illinois. and. I remember just thinking, wow, I wasn't expecting to meet anybody until I got there. But the point is, whatever you're doing, if you're on the phone talking to somebody in the airport, 
blah, 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 blah. And you're cussing, saying bad stuff, using bad language, talking smack on your coaching staff. You don't know who else is sitting around you that might call the head coach and say, or the AD or the president, that person's a jerk. Don't hire them. Um, when you get there, if your boy picks you up or your female friend picks you up and they take say, let's go out for beers tonight. Maybe like one beer, but don't get crazy because you don't know who's, you know, are they testing you to see what you'll say? And you don't know who else is there watching what you're doing or hearing what you're doing. So keep yourself like this is, I'm going to Wall Street with my briefcase and I'm ready to go. So always remember that. If you want to have that conversation with the person that you know at the school, just say to them, hey, look, I want to really keep focused on the interview right now. Let's, let's catch up next week because I, I really want to concentrate on that. They want you to get the job. So they're not going to, you know, be like, oh, no, let's just talk, you know, about this or that. Keep it, keep it positive. So I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of times people will do that. They'll be on the phone. You know, you guys have been in the airport or, you know, in a restaurant overheard conversations and you're like, do they not know we can hear that? So just kind of keep that in mind that it's a very, very small world. So. Yeah, the, the other example that I was going to bring up, uh, one of our original members uh, is now the assistant GM of the Mets. But before that, he was in San Antonio. And what, what San Antonio would do in their interview process uh, is they would ask, they'd go to a restaurant and they'd ask the waiter to screw up the person's order just to see how like the candidate would <laughs> react to that. And so, but people, I don't know that everyone's that extreme. But people pay attention to how you interact with others and how you treat others. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to like, you know, don't don't be a jerk to the waiter or the waitress or, you know, uh, just little things like that. People pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've all been at home for the last year. So because we've all been at home at the last year, we don't really know how to act when we're out now. So we just have to kind of, you know, remind ourselves, you know, use good manners, excuse yourself, put a napkin in your lap. Um, you know, don't, it, you're, you're going on a visit. You're not going on a recruiting visit. You're going on a job interview. And so if you go out to a restaurant, you know, use your best manners. Don't talk with your, I mean, it seems silly that you would say that, but I think it's really important to say that so that people remember, yeah, I got to keep it buttoned up. Yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Let's jump on a call. Let's talk about, you know, whatever it is that they brought up. So I think that's really important, just like what you're saying. So, and that's good. Um, so I've also put together a list of what are, what are some things that you guys hate if you've ever interviewed at somebody? And I hate to use the word hate, but let's just use hate because it's easier to say love and hate. But what are a couple things that you guys don't like that people do that you've interviewed or when you've been interviewed? So I'll go, uh, and nobody is going to jump in. So first of all, you're reminding me, uh, you're taking me back to 2011 uh, when I would, uh, when I first took my human resources course, uh, interviewing chapters. So it's a good, uh, refreshing uh, thing. Second, what what I hate the most is, uh, and I have allergic, I'm allergic to this kind of people that they know them all. Like no one knows it all. And uh, once you come in selling yourself that you know it all, you fail. And also I hate when outsiders keep on calling me that I know this guy, has been, uh, you've been interviewing him and uh, he wants the job, take him because he's good, et cetera, et cetera. 
if I like the job, if I like the person, I'm taking him. If I'm if I don't like him, I won't. So uh, those two things, I hate them the most. Yeah, and I, I I'll tell you that one of the head coaches that I spoke with in the last couple of days pretty much said the same thing. If somebody, I know who my who my network is, I know who my people are, and that I'm going to hire out of that. I don't need a bunch of other people calling. And um, yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, because there's a fine line being between being persuasive and being creepy. Uh, and you won't be naturally persuasive, but you don't. You never want to be creepy. So. Yeah, yeah and we- like I said at the beginning of the call, nobody knows everything. Uh, when I started my business a year ago, I've been in marketing and communications for 20-something years. I know a lot about marketing and communications. But as I was telling Adam, and I've told Brandon Rosenthal in the past, I've probably read 20 something books in the last year and I'm a reader, but I'm not necessarily a nonfiction reader, but I've read 20 something books to teach me stuff. Cause I don't know. And at some point at times you have to say, I don't know how to do that. Uh, you know, and you can do that as an interview. I'm not sure how to do that on an interview or, you know, I, I really want to learn. That's a skill that I'd like to have instead of saying like, Oh yeah, I know how to do that. Really? Well, when you get there and they get handed the job, like when I started over, at, I started at South Carolina as the basketball SID, you're going to die when you hear this. I didn't know what, they kept talking about the one, two, three, four, five. And I was like, what in the hell is the one, two, three? So I went to our DBO, Billy Old, and asked him, why do they keep talking about the one, two, three, four, five? And he's like, you don't know what that is? And I was like, Mm-mm. so he sat down and explained to me, you know, the one is this and the two, you know, and, and told me. And then there were a couple of different times that he would say, Michelle. Anytime you got a question like that, come and see me like immediately. And so, you know, we had like a CBS game and these people would be like, so when they take Chuck out, does Chris slide over to the one? And I'm like, yes, he does. <laughs> I know what that is now. <laughs> so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn. And now I'm free to just call somebody up and say, yeah, you're 20 years younger than me. Yeah. Um, I've got way more experience than you, but you know something way better than I do. Um, please help me learn this. And feel free to do that before the interview because if there's a part of that job description in the interview or for the job that you're like, oh, I've never done that before, then reach out to some of those people in your network, your friends and say, how do you do this? I know you're really good at this. It's okay. Not Just like you've said, everybody doesn't have the right answers. How do you balance having the right people call on your behalf? So, I mean, the I was thinking like Kyle Neptune at Fordham, like obviously he has Jay Wright, but what if you're not in that situation where you have a heavy hitter like Jay Wright, you make one, he makes one phone call. It's very persuasive as opposed to, a, a, I want to say a, a lesser prominent figure and not a Nova assistant. How do you balance having maybe a Dobo or an assistant coach or a past head coach call on your behalf? How do you balance that if you don't have a heavy hitter like that to call on your behalf? Well, don't, I mean, that's great because there are some people that do have, you know, the the all-star to call for them. Um, But don't, don't shortchange the people that are going to sell you the most. Um, Just because they're not, um, you know, Mark Few or um, uh, there's a number of different people that come to mind but I'll use him just because you don't have Mark Few or Jay Wright calling for you doesn't mean that they won't be able to express. Yeah, everybody loves to get a big timer calling them. 
it's kind of cool when somebody big time calls you and, and gives a reference for somebody, especially if you're not big time. But don't be afraid to let someone that really knows you sell you and let them know, here's a couple points that I'd like for you to make on my behalf. I'm good at this. Um, I'm learning this, uh, you, you know, have a conversation with them. So I, I think it doesn't, it's great if you can get Steve Kerr to call for you or, you know, some of these big time people, but it doesn't have to be. Whoever is in your network and can help you, that's important. I wouldn't have 10 people call you because you think, oh, that 10 will add up to Jay Wright. Adam and I talked about this earlier. I think two or three people at the max if you're in the finals for a job. And, I, and ask, ask different coaches that are in your network, how many people do you want to call as a reference out of the blue? What do you think, Adam? Um, I always go with the like two calls total, one to get me like my foot in the door and one to try to seal the deal after I interview. I've heard a lot of people that get turned off by, I've heard more people get turned off by multiple phone calls than that appreciate it. Yeah, I, get, I, do, I do two after the first interview. Yeah, certainly if you have a connection, a mutual connection, that tends to go farther than, you know, a celebrity or big name. Yeah. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is, is a lot of times jobs you're interviewing for, you know somebody there already. Rarely do people get jobs. I mean, it happens, but rarely do people get jobs just cold emails and send the resume. I mean, I don't think Brendan Rosenthal knew Kerry Keating before he got hired at Santa Clara. Um, so different people. I didn't know anybody at Santa Clara when I got hired there to be the SID, but Carrie Keating's first job was with Dave Odom. So a long, long time ago, that helped a little bit. So yeah, I think that, I think like, and you know, it really just depends. You got to go with your gut. Got to go with what you think would be best and have that conversation. If you're applying for jobs, a lot of times we don't want our bosses to know we're applying for jobs. So have that kind of a conversation with your boss or your coaching staff well before you start to interview. Like I said, talk to the sport administrator, have a relationship with them and ask them some of those kinds of questions before you start to interview. So. Michelle, I have a question for you. How do you, um, how do you build rapport with the person you're interviewing with and still be professional? Because they're going to hire you. They got to feel comfortable that they, you know, Hey, I actually like this person. I can see myself, you know, getting along with them. And so like when you're so buttoned up and rigid and like, you know, yes, sir, no, ma'am, it, it, it kind of puts a wall up in some respect. Um, how do you kind of, any tips for that? Um, so I think that's a, a lot of, I have a public relations degree, but I have a minor in psychology and I feel like I used my minor in psychology more than anything. I think you have to be sincere. Yeah, you wanna be buttoned up. Yeah, you wanna wear a nice shirt, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna be yourself. Um, maybe you ought to wear that nice shirt a few days before you wear it. So you're used to wearing it. So you don't feel like, oh, I have a nice shirt on. I have to be careful. So you feel a little more comfortable. Uh, be yourself and, and think, how does this person act? What do they say when you're dating that you know within the first, is it 30 seconds when you see the person, if you're gonna go on another date with them, something like that. 
And so it's kind of the same thing with an interview. Um, let them talk, don't talk too much, ask them questions, smile, have eye contact with the person. If you're always looking down answering their questions or looking like this or sitting like this the whole time, that doesn't make them want to know you more. Add a little humor in there. I mean, I think I'm really funny. You guys haven't laughed at anything I've said today. I'm like, are you serious? That was pretty funny. But Everyone add a little humor. They're just what? On <laughs> They're just on mute. They're all laughing. <laughs> but add a little humor into it. And if they laugh, just a little, if they laugh, then laugh with them. Use examples that they can relate to as a coach. Things that you know about them that they may have already done. I mean, do your research to know about that person. It doesn't mean you have to go in and say, okay, I know you were at this school for this long and this school for this long and your record. You don't wanna sound like a computer or Wikipedia, but you just wanna sound like you have a rapport. Think about your friends and how do you react with your friends? Have some conversations with somebody that knows you before you go so you can practice a little bit. So, um, Favorite, uh, we, we can add this. And again, like I said, we've got a blog. So we're gonna have all this stuff in a blog. Um, favorite questions. Definitely go in with five questions, bring a notebook that you can write in or an iPad that you can write on and be prepared to ask some questions. Um, asking them, how much am I gonna get paid? How many hours I'm gonna work? Probably not a great question. Um, wait for that, they'll get to that part. By the time you get there, you should probably already know if you're a basketball coach, you're probably going to work 80 hours a week year round. So you already kind of know that. Um, as far as the money, they'll, they'll let you know that. You'll figure that out. But ask them questions and feel free when you review this list of questions, feel free to ask the coaches these questions too and get into these conversations. Um, they may ask you, tell me why you coach. Ask them the same thing. Give them the answer. And then say, let's have a conversation about that. Can you, can you also tell me why you coach? What do you love about coaching? And that's some of what you're talking about, Adam, that if they're a total stranger, you can build a little rapport with them. Um, name two or three people in the industry that you admire and ask them why. Um, coaches have said, if your best friend was sitting here, what would they say about you? What are three words that they would use to describe you? Um, there was one head coach told me, how far are you willing to get a player? If they answer anything it takes, no, no, don't hire that person. <laughs> they just told you they're fine with committing violations. Um, so those are some questions. Again, those will be in the blog. I'm not trying to drive you all to the website, but I'd like to have, like us to be able to have some questions. Um, what are some good questions that you've been asked that you were like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. I always get thrown off when they say like, hey, can you just start off when they just give it to you for an opening statement that always catches me off guard. How, how much, like, how long should you talk? How long should you answer that question for? 30 seconds. Okay. My husband was interviewing for a job and I would sit out of his outside of his office and listen. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's telling them every single thing about his job. What is he doing? I'm like, okay, well, I've media trained all kinds of people, Olympians to all the way to the, to the lowest of the low. 
And I'm like, I gotta have to do some media training with this guy because two minute answer on tell me about yourself. So we've gotten it down to like 20 seconds and it's a great response. And then when he gives his response, he says, what would you like me to focus on primarily in what I've told you about who I am? And that person will always say, at least so far with his other interviews I've eavesdropped on, um, we'll ask him a question about, oh, tell me more about this or, oh, wow, you worked for them. Did you know so-and-so? So come up with a short, concise thing. Don't make it sound like you're not interested, be interested, but be conversational about it because I mean, I feel like nobody likes to sit and just listen to someone like, are they done? And remember that in interviews, if you sense the person is moving around or looking around the room, or is getting ready to say something, stop talking. Not just like stop talking, finish the sentence and then say, what else would you like to talk about? Or would you like me to elaborate on anything I've said? Or what's your opinion on that? Just get them talking. I, I told Adam this morning, I always feel like if the interviewer has talked more than me, I'm almost positive I'm moving forward in the interview because people like to talk. So all right, who's got some other questions? We've got a few more minutes. I'll go. Um, what is the most meek kind of question that you've been asked um, in interviews? So one of the ones that I was asked is, uh, if you could be any color, what would it be? Um, or what kind of kitchen utensil would you be if you know you had to be one? And it was just kind of a thrown out there question. Um, so what kind of unique questions like that do people ask? Um, in this list of things, when I ask people, I could tell you a couple for me, but in, in the questions that people say they've been asked or like to ask, the athletic director said he loves to ask them, um, tell me about um, former players that invited you to their weddings. And if they say none, then hmm, what kind of person is that person? So I think that's a good question. Um, another person told me, um, what's the best thing you've spent $100 on? And I thought that was a good thing. For me, recently I interviewed, uh, you know, having a PR company that does this kind of stuff, sometimes I have to interview to get a job. And the woman asked me questions that were very similarly worded, but would have been a very different answer. And I answered the first question. And then she asked me another question, very similar. I answered it and she said, I said three things, you only gave me one. And I was like, oh God, I have no idea what the hell I even just said. So that's why giving shorter answers is probably better, but just listen to the question because sometimes what they're asking you might confuse you and you can feel free to say, repeat that. So I'm not, I'm not giving you an answer because I can't think of one right now that I've been asked that I was like, what? Um, they asked me that I was interviewing for the same job. They had two jobs open in the office and they asked me which job I would want. And both of the bosses were sitting there. And I remember just being like, are you serious? I can't tell him I want his job or her, I want her job they're gonna remember that. So I told him I would love the job, this job for this reason and love that job for that reason. And I ended up getting the other job that I would have liked better, so. 
So hopefully that's a good answer. Thank you. Uh, Anybody I, else? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, what if you, you are uh, uh, knowing a new person, like totally new, you don't know him, he doesn't know you anything. And uh, uh, you had a phone conversation and he told you like, call me back in let's say six months. But six months is a for, uh, for uh, someone that you're getting to know is big time. And you don't want to wait six months to go back and talk to him. Do you advise sending something in between uh, just to uh, keep it alive and not to lose it? Yes. Send him a note once in a while. But what keep if track of what he's doing. Call me back in six months. Like. <laughs> I mean, you're not dating. So what, if a girl told you to call me back in six months, would you not call her back for six months? You'd probably be like, I think she's moved on. You don't want to be a pest, but you want to stay on the radar. So if you can drop them a note, drop them a note. Just say, I saw this or this happened, or I'm doing this. And not get demotivated if you don't get back. No. And then in six months to that day, call them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and see if your paths can somehow cross. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know somebody that knows him, like you said, you don't know this person at all. But if you meet somebody that knows him, say, oh yeah, I recently spoke to him. He told me to call him back in six months. So on May 14th, I'm gonna call him back and let that person know. Just, especially if you know they know each other, let them know I'm calling him on May 14th. I, I'll holler back in six months. And that, that would bring some humor to the person because they might be like, well, it's not exactly what I said to the guy. But I think just dropping in once in a while, just don't be a pain with, you know, two notes a week. Nobody wants that. But just a note once in a while, just checking in, just checking in with you, how you doing? And if you send an email, that requires a response. If you just send a note, a handwritten note, that's better. Amazing. And it's less about what's in the note than the fact that you sent the note. Just don't have any typos in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have talked about a lot. We've covered a lot. Any other questions from Paul before we let her go? I have one. Um, okay, and I'll I I, I will um, I'll put my contact information in the chat right now, in case you want to reach out, and then go ahead with your question. Okay. Um, so you someone recently looked at my resume, and they would like have seen my references on the actual resume. What are your thoughts on having your references actually listed on the resume versus just having a separate sheet with the references? It, it varies. I mean, some people want references wide away, some people don't. So because some people want them, I would add them. It's just like cover letters. Some people never read cover letters, but they say when somebody looks at your resume, they spend six seconds looking at your resume to decide if it's gonna go in the yes pile or the no pile. And if they see a typo, no pile. So I would say send the references. I used to send them all the time. Now, uh, recently when I interviewed for jobs, I, I stopped giving them to them until later. But I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a right answer on that. Anybody else before uh, 
before we sign off for the day? Okay. Michelle, thanks so much for your time. This was great. And yeah, thank you for, for joining us, you guys. I appreciate it, especially during the workday. Yeah, and definitely look out for the blog. We'll have a lot of, I think you're going to list a lot of the, the questions, the things people do like, don't like on interviews, which is really valuable. So, mm -hmm. And then feel free to go on social media and at Rising Coaches if you say, oh, that hate one isn't right, or the, I love this, or I learned this on an interview. Definitely, you know, let other people learn from what you know, too, so... Thanks so much, Michelle. It's been Terrific. fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye.